It's Wednesday, the 14th of February. Happy Valentine's Day out there to all of you. And we thought on Valentine's Day, you might like to hear from the babe, Babe Loffenberg, the Cowboys 25-year radio analyst. And now a word from our title sponsor. Are all financial advisors fiduciaries? Fewer than you think, not knowing could reduce your lifestyle. Hi, I'm Mitch Kramer, founder and CEO of Fluent Financial. A fiduciary is a regulatory term to reduce conflicts of interest in wealth management. A fiduciary always works in your best interest. A non-fiduciary advisor might put their compensation or company ahead of yours. At Fluent Financial, we are certified financial planners acting as fiduciary advisors. To learn more, go to FluentFinancial.com or Fluent Financial's YouTube channel. Now, you listening may not be in charge of purchasing seasonings for your home, but you do know what tastes good, really good. Goodness, steak seasoning is great. Use it on, obviously, steak, chicken, veggies, or goodness knows what else. No sugar, no MSG, no gluten, but great flavor. Get goodness steak seasoning by going to bringthetasty.com. That's bringthetasty.com. Hey, y'all. Jason Velo here with O'Hale Contractors. I've been in the business for a little over a decade, and one thing I really enjoy doing is serving people. I want to see things made new again, and I can help you through that process by making the insurance claims process understandable and almost easy, believe it or not. Also, I can give you great suggestions on the best roofing system and even ventilation for your home, which ultimately makes your shingle last a little bit longer, even in Texas. Who do you know that wants that level of service? So if you'd like some help with that, you can call me at 972-567-5766 or find me at ohale.com, and that's O-H-H-H-A-I-L.com. Today we're joined by Brandon Hugh Babe Loffenberg, was a star high school player in California, went to Stanford, transferred immediately or eventually wound up in Indiana. He wound up with a, a slew of Indiana passing records, was drafted in the sixth round by Washington, and that started an odd attraction between the Redskins and Babe Loffenberg. He had three different stints with the Redskins. Two with San Diego, New Orleans, then Dallas. Sports anchor for CBS in Dallas for 18 years and now a quarter of a century as the radio analyst for the Cowboys. Thank you for your time. Norm, thank you. And, you know, along the line of those three stints in Washington, uh, I just saw Joe Gibbs on the sideline before the Cowboys game up there in Washington, the last game of the year this year. And, and we chatted and he laughed and he said, you know, they, and he has this high pitched voice. And he said, they love me up here, but they hated me. Every time I release you, I got hate mail. I got this. And he said, but I'm not always the one that wanted to say, Hey, I'm the guy that brought him back too. So, so there, were, there were three releases and three callbacks as well. Let's go straight to the Cowboys and let me get Babe Loffenberg's impression. Of what on earth happened in the Green Bay game? Well, I, I wish I could tell you. Um, and 
I'm the guy that's supposed to see that coming, right, Norm? But I guess if the players couldn't see it coming and the coaches couldn't see it coming, maybe I get a little pass on that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was over, you know, not before the national anthem ended. Uh, I, I sat there, I looked up, and I'm saying 27 to nothing in the second quarter, and it, it really felt surreal. Um, now, I thought Green Bay was a good team, obviously up and coming. They were there for a reason, but they're also seven-point underdogs for a reason. And if you were going to look at the team, as you well know, Norm, who was going to be the veteran team that's been there and playing at home? That was the Cowboys. Right. Well, Green Bay, first-year starter at quarterback. I know he'd been in the league, but uh, you know his first playoff experience, they didn't have a player that caught the ball. I'm talking tight end and wide receiver uh, that had more than two years of experience in the league, and half of them were rookies. So well, if, you, if you thought some team was going to come out and fold early, you thought it would have been Green Bay, but obviously that wasn't the case. Well, Dallas not only lost, they got slaughtered. This game was 27 nothing at halftime. Has it somehow crept into the DNA of the Cowboys that they will fail in the postseason? Well, I always say uh, th- this team and next year's team and the one after that, if they don't go anywhere next year in the playoffs, they all pay for the sins of past teams. You know, these guys, half of them weren't even alive 28 years ago, but they're paying for the sins of that team that didn't do it 28 years ago and 27 and 26. Um, but I do think as these things stack up, Norm, I think it's getting more difficult for this team to believe in itself. Uh, and again, I understand this team isn't the same team that it was four years ago. But when you keep having these playoff failures and when you do it in such a grand fashion, mm. how they did it to Green Bay, uh, if if and when the playoffs creep around next year, there's got to be some doubt seep into their mind, as well as you do have the same quarterback, right? Dak Prescott will be your guy into those playoffs next year. And he, he saved his maybe worst game of the year for the last game of the year. In fact, can't Cowboy fans going forward feel they're tied contractually to Dak for at least three or four more years? Well, and I, I do think Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. I do think he can take him there. There's a body of evidence that, you know, he is a really, really good quarterback. I mean, he's a top 10 quarterback. But then the recency of obviously watching the Green Bay game where he did not play well, um, at some point, he's kind of building a case against himself as a big game playoff quarterback. Well, if you look back to the two previous San Francisco losses, the playoffs, the offense never showed up in those games. Right. Right. If you look late this season, when the Cowboys encountered Buffalo and, and Detroit and Miami, the offense did not do well in those games. Just focusing on this year, did this offense look tired to you at all? Well, that was a mantra coming out of the uh, comments from players who went to the Super Bowl, right? Cowboys players saying we kind of were out of gas. Well, (laughs) better not be out of gas at the end of the season uh, because that's when all the important stuff takes place. But, um, you know, to me also defensively, Norm, I went back. I just looked at that game again, the Green Bay-Dallas game. I looked. You all 22. And I probably looked at that tape 
five times, which means 20 times, because I run it back. Every time I watch it, I run it each playback about four times looking for something. And it, it really stuck out to me in watching it. They were just fundamentally poor, um, not containing the edge. Uh, Stephon Gilmore got beat to the inside for a touchdown on man coverage. Uh, receivers running you know, wide open. Um, again, it was fundamentally, it would be disturbing to me that we're in week 21 and you're sitting there making these fundamental mistakes defensively. Uh, Mozzie Smith, their first round pick played four snaps, four, 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 four snaps. <laughs> and two, of, I know why they got him out. I'm watching again and two of them, they just moved him right out of the hole. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, excuse me, Aaron Jones, you know, goes for 11 and then goes for 13 and then Mozzie's out of the game. I mean, they ran right over his position. So uh, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a tough day at the office for them. No question about it. So looking at this club as honestly as you can, what do they need? What would Babe's two or three wish list types be? I, I think you got to go linebacker. I, I can't imagine Leighton Vander Esch coming back next year. As a matter of fact, if I were someone who loved Leighton Vanderish, uh, I would put my arms around him and say, hey, you've got you've had these neck issues. Mm. You've had a great career. You played eight-man football in Idaho. You, you got a scholarship to Boise State. You're a first-round draft pick in the NFL. You made a Pro Bowl. You wrap your arms around him and you say, hey, great career, but it's time for you to move on. You, you want to be able to lift up your kids when you're 45 years old, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but when I, when I watch San Francisco, uh, and I know Drake Greenlaw obviously went out in the second quarter of the game with the Achilles injury, but those two linebackers, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, they're on the field literally every snap. In the NFC Championship game against Detroit, I think there were 74 defensive plays. Both those guys were in for 74 plays. So for me, and I know it's not the way the draft goes anymore, you know, you, you discount linebackers and you discount running backs to me. Uh, harder, more difficult to do <laughs> than to say, but go get yourself a Fred Warner type player, uh, a Luke Keekley. You know, find that guy and a, a player that's going to sit out there for your run, sit out there for the pass. It, it, it got so, I mean, gosh, I, I looked at 33 and 14 in there for the Cowboys this year, and I just thought, why aren't teams just hammering it away at them? And toward the end of the season, we saw that happen, right? Buffalo, Green Bay. They, they committed to the running game, and the Cowboys couldn't stop it. Exactly right. And the Cowboys face what could be another problem now. Dan Quinn's now the commander's head coach in Washington. And J. Ron Kurse, Jordan Lewis, and Dorrance Armstrong are all free agents. And from the talk of it, Dan loved all three of them. Could they all depart to join Dan in Washington? We'll find out how much he loves them, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you never say, well, we got to play this guy, but let me tell you, we really don't like him. But um, yeah, now, I, the other part of that with Dan Quinn going to Washington, obviously, and Kellen Moore going to Philadelphia as a coordinator for the Eagles, you know, they're going to be facing these guys that have faced them. Kellen, uh, you know, we'll see what the defense looks like without Dan Quinn, but. Kellen Moore is certainly familiar with this football team, and Dan Quinn is as well. Obviously, goes against the offense uh, every day in practice, every day in training camp. So uh, I think that's as intriguing as anything, the fact that uh, 
the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys is the head coach in Washington and the offensive coordinator for Philadelphia, one year removed from being the Cowboys coordinator. They'll now face them twice a year. It's going to be fun. If if Dallas should start slowly, which is a possibility, next year's schedule is a solid yeah. schedule for the Cowboys. If they yeah. should start slowly, is there a scenario where you could see Mike McCarthy replaced during the season? I I, I couldn't. It hasn't been the owner's uh, mo. Obviously, he did it with Wade Phillips. That team was one and seven, and oh. I, I remember being up there in Green Bay doing the game. Uh, and I said to Brad Sham on the air at the end of that game, I don't see how you sell this to your fans. And obviously they didn't because Wade was fired the next day. Uh, but I don't, I don't see a change being made in season. Uh, the other thing at that point, I think we all knew that Jason Garrett was kind of the heir apparent whenever that time came. And it just happened to come a little bit sooner probably than people thought it would uh, when that team started out that year, obviously one and seven. Jason became the interim coach and then obviously became the permanent head coach. But I don't know that that guy is on staff right now that you would take your, a guy from your staff and, and make him your head coach. This staff has lost three solid defensive coaches right at the top of the hierarchy. There were also a handful of openings after the season that were there immediately after the season. Mike McCarthy could be viewed as a lame duck coach with only one year to go on his contract. Will that status potentially make it harder for the Cowboys to hire the very best uh, assistant coaches? Well, if you're talking the best assistant coaches and they have options, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's not just that coach, as you well know. It's where are these guys in their life? In other words, do they have a daughter in high school? She's going to be a junior, right? Do I want to go somewhere where I've got a year and then we're moving her again? And there are family issues involved like that, where the daughter says, wherever you go, daddy, you're going without me because I'm not moving again. And uh, I, I think Kellen Moore, a good example of that probably last year, obviously he goes to the Chargers. Uh, he's there for a year and you're uprooting your family. I believe he has three young children. And so one minute you're, you're going from Dallas and then you're moving him to California. Now he's moving him to Philly uh, and that becomes problematic. So, yeah, I think, I think it's a big part of, of asking yourself if you're a guy with options, again, if you're a coach with options, I want to go where I know I'm going to get three years. If you go play, excuse me, if you get hired by Dan Quinn, pretty good chance you're going to get three years, right? You might get five, who knows what happens up there, but you're, you probably won't get two, probably going to get three minimum. And I think that's a selling point for an assistant coach as opposed to being on the job search again the following season. Babe, does Jerry Jones' upfront style of running this club make it harder for a coach to coach this team? You know what's interesting, Norman? And I've had people, be it front office people, be it coaches, complain about the Cowboys organization and the structure and different things involved, not just the owner. And then they go other places and they say, wow, you know what? <laughs> we actually had it a little better than I thought because they go to some other place and, and they, Hey, they're all dysfunctional. All 32 of them are dysfunctional, right? It's just who's less dysfunctional. You don't think 
it's going to be a little dysfunction when Harbaugh gets out to the Chargers. Now, no. he's won everywhere he's gone. Uh, you know, there was dysfunction in New England, uh, and we know what they did up there. So it's, it, I, I think this, there are some teams you can just count out, right? There's 32 teams in the NFL. Ten of them can't get out of their own way. Right. You kind of put Arizona into that category, I think, now. The Raiders, uh, gosh, you, you can help me out. But there's 10 of them. You're really not competing against 31 other teams. Oh, baby. Against 20. Those teams are on the Cowboys schedule this year. Arizona, <laughs> California, two Washingtons, two yeah. New England. <laughs> the, hey, the redeeming thing is they've got Carolina. And if you want to talk dysfunction, uh, that's dysfunction up there right now. It, Jerry says, and he was quoted as saying about a week ago, he's all in this offseason. I don't know what that means, but I wonder if you might know what it means. Uh, you're always in. I feel like when the owner talks, sometimes it's like you're at the UN. You know how at the UN they're speaking in a language and all of it is translated into your language and they all have their headsets on at the UN. I feel like sometimes there needs to be a translator, but the way I see it, and I felt this way, shoot, two, three days after the Green Bay game, uh, you're going to have to sell something to your fan base. And this is not a team that goes out and spends money, big money, in free agency. Uh, I thought they did an excellent job. Obviously, Brandon Cook, Stephon Gilmore coming in at a, you know, you're giving up a fifth rounder and a sixth rounder. And I thought they did a great job of acquiring those guys. But I think for the fan base here, they want to see that move that Philadelphia made with A.J. Brown, right? I think they want to see something where you say, oh, boy, now that's, that's a little different. That's something I can get behind. I don't know what that'll be. We'll see who all uh, ends up on the free agent market and uh, you know what the numbers are. But I think the days of letting, you know, they say it's a you know 24-7, 365 business, except for that week when free agency starts. Because they usually, they sit that out for the week and then they see what they can get. Uh, I don't want to say bottom of the barrel, but they, they try to go for the bargain players. And, and I think this year they're going to have to get that marquee guy that again, Norm, gets the fans fired up and say, wow, did you see the Cowboys just signed? Boom, fill in the blank. Babe, thank you for your time. Thank you for your friendship. God bless you and look forward to having you back. Norm, I appreciate it. Anytime, as you well know. Thank you. See you, buddy. Today's episode has been brought to you by Fluent Financial, by O'Hell Roofing, and by Goodness Steak Seasoning. Just Wondering is a production of DSP Media for FanStream Sports. You can find Norm's show along with other great programming at FanStreamSports.com. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Just Wondering. If you enjoyed it, please hit follow. Then each episode every weekday will be delivered straight to you. And if we might ask one more favor, please share it with friends. I'm Norm Hitzkus, and every day I'll be just wondering about something. And I'm Mary Hitchkiss, and I'm just wondering too. 